Hey everyone, my name is Rafael Rodriguez. Hey everyone, my name is Ethan Butler. Yeah, and this is the Untitled Video Game Design Podcast. We'll come up with the name of it later. So today we wanted to be talking about Pokemon Battle Design right now? Yeah, Pokemon Ethan, do you have any opinions design. on that? Uh, many, 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 many opinions. I don't really know where to start because uh, I think we peaked at 2010, to be honest. You think we peaked at 2010 for Pokemon uh, Battles, really? We peaked at 20, well, 2011-2012 for visual Pokemon Battles, I'd say. Getting the anime sprites so, in there was great. But uh, game-wise, 2010 was Heart Gold, Soul Silver, peak Pokemon. Peak Pokemon, okay. Peak Pokemon. I could regress further. We could go back to XD, greatest Pokemon game of all time. Ooh, XD all the way back there? Yeah. Really? I, I okay, played then. a lot of XD. Oh, damn. Okay, then. So, well, since we're currently in, like, what, Generation 9 or 10 now? Yeah, I think it was uh, just Gen 8 recently. Gen 8, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about it some of the changes together. of Sword and Shield. It all just blends together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just uh, talk about some of the changes they made to Sword and Shield, then. So, as you know, everyone is really, was really mad about Dexit. What more uh. people really don't talk about was there was a lot of removal of moves in Pokemon mm. Sword and Shield. Of course, yes. So, a lot of these Pokemon moves, like Return, some signature moves, like, for example, Vespa Queen, and her use of Heal Order was removed. And I think what's the most interesting one removed was Hidden Power. Hidden Power always Co struck me as weird being removed. I don't quite understand why that went. See, I find that Hidden Power was a good thing to remove but yeah. that was that's mostly because of iv complications in general mm. so for those who don't know hidden power is a move whose type change changes based on the total sum of a pokemon's individual values we'll get more into ivs probably later on in this podcast but i think that hidden power was a good removal just because it was very hard to actually determine as a casual player and only in competitive was it really useful Right? Mm -hmm. So let's say Tyranitar is up against, let's say, a fucking, sorry, a darn Ferrothorn, right? He Gosh, has darn, hidden power fire, right? Yeah. That's, that just completely destroys a Ferrothorn. Mm -hmm. But the issue with that is that you'd have to get an exact level of IVs to even equate yeah. into hidden power fire. And that led to most, let's be, most competitive players to just sort of hack their mons in to get the right IVs, because if you want to mm. get the right IV Pokemon, it's nearly impossible. <laughs> You'll have to yeah. not only... Well, I mean, it's there a lot were various easier... forms of IV training, and I didn't experiment it with myself, but I think in Gen 8 they made it easier. They did make it easier to get to max IVs. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, golden Bottle Caps have... Okay, so golden bottle caps in the games were basically a way to get quote-unquote perfect IVs mm. into your Pokemon. But what is really weird about it is that they gave perfect IVs on paper. Like, the moves would do perfect IVs, but you still had your individual underlying IVs that actually determined your hidden power num type. Okay, that's... That's why I think hidden power was worth the removal, because yeah. it added so many complications. Right, yeah, you can have a, a perfect. You can still have a perfect as a move, Conceptually, it is very good because it allows you to have sort of um, 
an unpredictability to your combat. It's a Correct. good strategic advantage. But yeah. uh, to actually access it and make it work is just a nightmare. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's that's why I find that hidden power was competitively wise mm. a sad thing to happen. But yeah. in terms of let's say like what's the word like casually wise like it's impossible to manage and impossible to work with. Mm. And even then, I. I don't believe that they actually had very good indication of what type of hidden power you had in the games, right? Like, the effects of the of the actual move were still the same color, no matter what the type was, and you just had to sort of fish around to guess, like, oh, is this poison type? Is this dark type? Oh, it's, oh I just did a super effective on grass. Oh, <laughs> is it, it's probably fire, right? No, it's ice. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I mean, right? Like, it, it was yeah. very hard to tell what you wanted. To be fair, that's why a lot of people play Showdown, because it kind of fixes that issue of not knowing what it is. And uh, Yes, that's why Showdown's so good. <laughs> Showdown is the best. The, Showdown is the only competitive I play, and that's always just the random battles. Mm -hmm. So I don't know anything about building a good comp and uh, doing IVs and EVs, so that's all on you, man. But, um, I'm I'm happy to do that. I For reference, I've been IV training since what generation four to generation geez. six. Still Sun and Moon, basically. Yeah, I'm ca playing Pokemon wise. I'm more a casual player than anything. I only usually play competitive when people actually ask me to. Um, mm. I do see that there's inherent like competitive value to a movement stuff. Not only the moves, but the Pokemon themselves. It actually shook up the tier list of the game quite a bit. To, have Pokemon Thanos snapped out of existence, honestly. Did you want to talk? So, yeah, I do agree that that does make good sense that Dexit did occur, because let's be honest, over, like, we're over 500 Pokemon now, if I remember correctly. And. Over 500 oh boy. Pokemon? You have been missing out on yeah. a lot. I think just, we're like 800 now. Are we at. Oh my gosh, sorry. I, I haven't keep up. A total count of how many Pokemon there were. Oh, I just sort of catch without thought. Right now, <laughs> Pokemon amount. Yeah, eight hundred and seven. Oh Gosh, we are we are new levels. Yes. New levels, but the the amount of Pokemon that we have in the games as of right now is super hard to balance yeah. from a gameplay standpoint. But the issue I have with the fact that we did lose some of them mm -hmm. is the fact that the whole point of Pokemon is that you have your personal favorite, right? Yes, I I'm can pretty agree sure. With that. Like uh, last yeah. generation, Gen Seven, they introduced um, you know regional variants. Alolan Marowak mm -hmm. became really quickly one of my favorite Pokemon, and then immediately next gen gone. That sucks. Yeah, that sucks. Like, what's it called? Just. Just the thought of losing your what you considered your best friend for mm. for, for from time in immemorium from yeah. when you were like a child playing Gen One, transferring them all the way up, and then all of a sudden just gone. I, I stopped transferring after Gen Five because getting them into Gen Six and Seven was just a pain at that point, and you got to pay for Pokemon Bank and all that. So what I've been doing was just like. I had an Oshawott, right, in Gen 5? Yes. So if I get an Oshawott in Gen 9, I just call it the same thing and pretend it's the same one. <laughs> you're you're the real one. <laughs> you're, you're... The one that's the... just slowly dying on my uh, Black 2 cartridge. I'm just imagining just you just, just... 
I imagine you just like it's like leaving your son behind, and then you're picking up another son for like a play place. I'd be yeah. like, you're now you're now Charlie. Just, you're you're, you're the new I Charlie. Just stole a kid. That's what you're telling me. I'm not saying you stole a kid. You I'm just implying. implying. <laughs> okay, now back to the main topic. Let's make it back to the main topic. So, do you think that the removal of like like specific like moves like signature moves from Pokemon? And like return and hidden power are good good removal, or do you think there's some design space that could have worked on with those moves? I think it's honestly circumstantial. Something like return, I'm fifty fifty on because it's a really good, really powerful move. But at the same time, in most Pokemon games, you kind of get it early, and it's based off friendship value. So putting it on like a, you know, your starter, it kind of makes it busted. It's just a very hard move to balance, and when translating that into competitive, how does that really stack up? Uh, in terms of competitive, it's usually used on normal types as a yeah. huge hitter, mm. or even just Pokemon who don't have good access to moves. It's not an OU staple, like an overuse staple, but more yeah. lower level, right? Because it just provides a huge punch to a lot of people. Mm. I think I think the removal of of return hidden power and a lot of the signature moves is just remove a lot of clutter, right? Yeah. Uh, especially like think about it memory wise. How ma- like how many Pokemon are using Heal Order? I'm just gonna keep on making this one reference. Yeah, to that, but... <laughs> you just really hate Vespa Queen. To be honest, no, I, I remember. I, Heal... I really liked Heal Order. I liked Vespa Queen and the really, idea. Of I just remember like... Heal Order from playing Gen Four, and it annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> I play Stall. She's stall. I like oh, it. Oh, I see. But... <laughs> you're scum. Next thing you're going to be telling scum. me you come in with a pair of hacks. No, no, no. no. I use no. I You use just Lyscore. use freeze. <laughs> Gosh, but no, no, no. What I'm trying to say is, like, like how many Pokemon really use their signature move? Like, yeah, signature moves are I, I one agree. or there two There is, like, a lot of clutter most. where there's Pokemon who only have that one move that can just, mm. you know, be discarded. I believe Flying Press was also removed, if I remember correctly. And that was like a Halucha exclusive move. Yeah. Which like, I am a little bit bummed about just because Halucha is cool. But at the same time, I don't even know if he was in uh, Gen 8 is the thing. I don't believe so. I don't remember, I didn't catch 100% of the Pokemon Sword Shield yet. So yeah. I'm not quite sure. But yeah, no. Like I think that the removal of all these moves are actually quite good just for a sort of clean, let's start a new type mm. of thing, right? Yeah, it's a lot better from a game design and programming perspective. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I'm... It's, it's not an insignificant amount of ones and zeros being dedicated to that. Let's just put it it's simply. It's true, it's true. I mean, as long as they're using, like, a base, quote-unquote, move class with a... With well, a yeah, I assume there's a base move class, but then you also have to think about all the particle effects, uh, usually signature moves, even in the new games, with very little animations, usually have their own unique animation still. Yeah, they did have their own unique... Like, Heal Order would from Gen 4 would just summon a bunch of bees mm-hmm. on the character. <laughs> and then heal them okay i need to stop with this heal order shit (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no so overall consensus is pokemon moves that are removed in the new sword and shield i think and we think rather Mm. it was worth it right uh did you have anything you want to bring up specifically as well about the moves not too much i do really just want to get on the topic of everyone's favorite the uh 
how every gen has its own unique gimmick, and I despise it. Okay, when oh. you say gimmick, you mean battle gimmick, right? You know exactly what I mean. <laughs> I, I, let, let's assume I don't right now. Explain let's assume me. you don't? Alright, uh, let's talk about Mega Evolutions, Z-Moves, Dynamax, Gigantamax, and all the headaches I have. Ooh, tell me about your headaches then, sir. Ooh, we can't wait. So, where do we want to start? I, I suppose Mega Evolution was the... Um, the progenitor the of all this, first off, and also kind of just the best one that they designed. Mm -hmm. Not only was it visually interesting and cool to have your Pokemon... Uh, Mega Evolutions. But yeah, from, from a mechanical perspective, I always found Mega Evolutions interesting, not only from a visual standpoint, but just kind of from a gameplay standpoint. I don't mm -hmm. think that Pokemon ever really leapt at the opportunities it presented in its main games, though. Mm-hmm. There were never really enough Mega Evolutions to be able to, like, really have an interesting sort of battle going on. Let's say, it's, it's the same problem with Gigantamaxing and, Di and uh, Dynamaxing, right? If yes. someone throws out a Charizard, you're immediately going to go, oh, they're going to, you know, Gigantamax the Charizard. It's not a really... surprise. Yeah, it's not a surprise. I'm just going to OCO them. That was the major problem with the actual story mode of these games, was that there was n no unpredictability. When er you could always tell when something was about to happen and just counter it before it does. And it makes all the battles just seem kind of boring and lame from a story perspective. It gets a little bit trickier and competitive because, you know, it, you people build your design team their teams them. better. But, um, yeah, it, it just never worked out. In comparison to something like, I'm going to bring this up, I'm talking about Pokemon a lot, Pokemon Insurgents, which is a extremely good fan game, which did uh, regional variants before Pokemon did. But what they did in Insurgents was pretty much they, like, quadrupled, set-tupled the amount of Mega Evolutions. And at one point, pretty much in the game, right around the time you're heading towards Victory Road, everyone has a mega evolution. Mm -hmm. In the main games, they are so sparse, the Pokemon that have mega evolutions, Gigantamaxing, right? They're all pre-scripted. There's no just random trainer encounter where they kind of just have a Gyarados and they mega evolve it, right? Yes, yes. It's always, in, it's always on identifiable characters. And what Insurgents did great was they just kind of gave them to everyone and with the staggering amount of new mega evolutions that predictability had just gone to the wayside and you never knew really that all the fights were a lot tougher because you never knew like when and where to Oko, what's about to happen. You know, it was a lot more engaging of a concept and execution. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So what you're, what you're trying to say is that like mega evolutions in terms, mega evolutions should have had, there should have been more. Right. There, Just there because... should have been more. I don't think conceptually they were bad. I again, I don't, I can't speak much for competitive gameplay, but from a casual perspective, they were really enjoyable. They just weren't fleshed out enough as a concept. Mm -hmm. And because of this lack of um, fleshing it out, they just decided to throw to the wayside rather than building upon and developing. And you see that a lot with Pokemon's game design, like. How many different battle mechanics have they shown up over the years? Like, remember triple battles, rotation battles, just gone? 
Do you remember inverse battling? <laughs> you do not. What the hell is that? If I remember correctly, I believe I believe, if I remember correctly, inverse battling was a thing. Let me just double check if I'm just speaking. Yeah, I think you're life. just. You absolutely are, even if you are correct right now. Inverse battle Pokemon X. Yep, it's a thing. If I'm correctly, inverse really? battle was a battle where all rules are contrary. So effective effectiveness would have the opposite effect. Uh. So let's say you had your fire type and you had a grass and your opponent had a grass type. You were no you were now in the not very effective when you used a flamethrower on it. <laughs> mm. So it was it was it was like only one place in X and Y had it. Yeah. So the idea of just like a lot of these battles were just one and done or is mm. quite obvious. So you're saying that like Pokemon needs to stop with this like accretion design of just add things and yeah. then, like, just keep on adding things until something sticks. They add and test things, but then they never take those tests and, you know, develop them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I like I'm, I'm glad, particularly, that Z-Moves did not make it back, because unlike Mega Evolution, where there was still some strategy and some leeway, mm -hmm. Z-Moves just completely killed it. They were a lot less predictable, because any Pokemon could use them. Kind of the same thing with Dynamaxing, but um, the, the issue with them was they were always guaranteed kills. With Mega Evolution, it was still the Pokemons, you know, my stats, my typing versus your stats and your typing, mm -hmm. you could have pretty much an unaffected Z-move or just neutral effective Z-move and still kill something like 10, 20 levels higher than you. See, I'd like to, I'd like to throw that away, like throw that and say that Z-moves and Mega Evolutions are two good mechanics. And let really? me explain. Z-moves too? Yes. Right. Okay, first let me talk about like Mega Evolution. I think Mega Evolution is great. I think that they should have... Instead of having a unique look to each Pokemon, just mm -hmm. allowed each Pokemon to gain an increase of stats, in general. Uh, so then it would be there. So every Pokemon, everyone's favorite Pokemon got their got their Mega Evolution. Just that some mm -hmm. of them did get a unique, like how Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing are a thing. Yes, I can see that. That was actually a good decision on their part for Gigant uh, Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing. They essentially mm -hmm. work the same, but some are just like oh. This specific Pokemon is going to get a new form, while this one still gets the increase in buff, but... Yeah, you know. like Snorlax gets a tree on his stomach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it makes all Pokemon uh, viable with that ability now. Yes, I feel like that's what they should have done for Mega Evolution. Yes, Because right? then that, that would be more interesting, as well as just give... Let, let's say, like, little Timmy, his favorite Caterpie, like, something good mm -hmm. to interesting to do, right? Absolutely, as well as yeah. just... Add like, oh, it's not obvious what strategy you're going for, right? Like, mm. yeah, if you see a Pidgeot, it's going to evolve. <laughs> it's going to mega Absolutely. evolve. But if you see a team with, like, Ferrothorn, Toxapex, Scar like, Skarmory, and, like, uh, what's it called? Scro Scroopy or something, right? Like, Scroopy? Yes. We're, we're, put we're putting a baby Pokemon here. But, like, you don't know what's going to mega evolve. You know that something mm. is, probably, yeah. if they want to be, like, a good fight. But... Which one it is and why? Not sure. And if you want to do it even more, you can have it so that it it's an item restriction too, like Z moves, right? Mm -hmm. So then you can only evolve if the Pokemon's holding an item, the right Evo item. And if they do that, then you've restricted that, and they can have a major stat boost, but at the loss of an item. And items are super important in fights, right? Absolutely.
in the again in the casual uh, perspective of Pokemon, they mm. really aren't. They ignore items like crazy. Yeah, I really find that items should be used a lot more to show that mm. items are super important. Like, yeah. imagine if you had a gym battler, like a gym battle, and they had a life orb. <laughs> oh my god! I was thinking more something along the lines of. A, a little bit more basic than you know the life warp trick, but um, just like imagine going to an electric type gym. So oh, you go. I'll bring in a ground type so I can be super effective on them. But the electric type Pokemon, they have a balloon on them. Oh, right? yeah, that's a good. That's another good option too. But yeah, mm. sorry. Back just to something the that teaches the mechanics of the items and that there's more there's to battling ones. than just you know. I'm using a super effective move on you. I'm gonna get an Oko, which is mm -hmm. what Pokemon has kind of devolved into. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, no, sorry. Uh, back onto Mega Evolutions. I think that, that I yeah. think that item holding and just everyone can Mega Evolve would be a better, better, better choice. Like yeah. everyone gets a fifteen percent, like a 15 percent increase of stats. And for people who say like, oh yeah, that's like, that's like power creep. We've been reaching power creep with every generation. That's that's. I think it's yeah, fine absolutely. that we're power creeping to an extent, and I think the fact that everyone can power creep is better than just every exclusive exclusive Pokemon. Pokemon. Like how many Charizard Mega Evolutions have we gotten? Right. Oh, I I would oh, prefer yeah. my I'd prefer like my Gligar to have Mega Evolution over, mm -hmm. like even if it's a bad one, I'd prefer to even have a buff at any time than just being oh he's the same. At least I have them still, you know. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I, yeah. I would prefer that every single, like every single Pokemon, is, in the sense, someone's friend, right? Everyone, yeah. everyone has their favorite Pokemon, mm -hmm. so just having everyone to Mega Evolve, would be good. Yeah. Now that is let me get... something that Z moves did right. Yes. Even now, if they weren't really balanced in and of themselves. I find that Z moves are actually very important, like were important in the in the grand scheme of things, because you're talking about the Oko ability of like the attack Z moves, which if you're playing comp competitive, right, or just smart, yeah. like you can actually nullify the effects of that very harshly, right? Because mm. if you have a times four resistance to it, a Z move would actually not one hit kill most po Pokemon. Also, you can just if you already know their enemy's team composition, you already know which Pokemon's your weakest. So then you can take you can get down Mr. President Z move if you really wanted to. But what really interests me are less about the attacking Z moves and the status effect Z moves. Uh, of course. Right? Because the status effect Z moves are initially different between each one, right? Mm -hmm. The one I remember the most, and the one that I think is probably one of the better ones, was Z move parting shot. Right? Yeah. You know what Parting Shot did, right? Uh, I vaguely remember, but tell me anyways. Uh, if I remember correctly, Z-Move Parting Shot would uh, self-sacrifice the Pokemon using it, and then put a minus two stage on special defense and special attack. If I remember correctly. Mm. It could be attack and special and defense, or double on the two defenses, or double on the two attacks. I don't remember exactly, but it did a double stat reduction on, on something for the sacrifice of one Pokemon. What Z-Move Parking Shot did instead is it still did the sh still did the attack and also fully healed the Pokemon in your party. Uh, so it became a far more interesting option in terms of 
usage. Because Z moves, mm-hmm. you still have to sacrifice. You still have to sacrifice a Pokemon item, right? And if you really yeah. wanted to, you could go for the all hit attack, or you can do something something like Parting Shot Z, right? Where you can just disable mm-hmm. a Pokemon in play, heal up another Pokemon who's low, and do a huge battle tempo swing, right? Yeah. I think that Z moves were fine. And I think if they just left it in for another generation like they did with uh, Mega Evolutions and Sun and Moon, you would have seen it come in full fruition, right? Where they had more time mm-hmm. to design it. And yes, like they would have had more exclusive moves and heck, maybe Charizard would have gotten a, another Z-move, but who knows, right? Probably. <laughs> but He's got two Mega Evolutions. I'm pretty sure he already has a Z-move. He has and a Z-move. And he's Z got a, a Gigantamax form. I like Charizard, but I, I can't stand... <laughs> Of... I find that he just has an overexposure effect, you know. Yeah. He just he's just seen too much, and it's true he does sell, right? I won't, I won't, sell. I won't, I won't knock Game who, Freak. Who, who and gives Nintendo. a shit yeah. about Bulbasaur? <laughs> hey, the Onion Boy is proud. <laughs> onion Boy, go back yeah. to the Onion Patch with the ogres. Oof, but yeah, no. Like what I'm trying to say is that like, like Z moves and Mega Evolutions, I think would have greatly stand like would have been greatly more used if they let it left it in in sword and shield and i find that dynamaxing and gigantamaxing aren't that interesting they are not yeah because like, aren't they they don't actually increase stats i'm not entirely they increased about, health yes they only increased health and if i have to do another raid battle which just has shields i'm going to lose it mm-hmm I find that Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing are lesser versions of both of these mechanics. Absolutely. Right? Like, they don't, they, all they do, in my opinion, is stall battles, especially mm. if you have animations on. It just takes forever to activate. It takes forever to do anything. And a lot of the moves are... A lot of the G-Max moves, or the, or the Max moves in general, are yeah. quite uninspired. Right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. For the first all time, don't get me wrong. All of them are kind of ripoffs of the Z moves. Some... All of them are basically Z moves, except pretty much slightly worse. I, except you can do it three turns, <laughs> I guess. But yeah. the whole strategy behind it is kind of eh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, well, the three turn thing also kind of is eh, because I will admit one of the beautiful things about the Z move was that it was a pivot in the combat, mm-hmm. really. You would use it when you're back into a corner or when you want to press the advantage to do mm-hmm. one big full-out turn and then kind of change the, the tide of battle into your favor. With the three-turn, because it is vastly weakened, it just, uh, like you said, kind of drags out the fight. and You don't have this quick pivot to, am I winning, am I losing? It's mm-hmm. just a lot slower process. Yes, like... It does give a lot of, like, just because you, any Pokemon can Dynamax and Gigantamax and mm. basically have access to a lot of Z-moves in general, there are some good ca- there are some interesting cases, like uh, the flying, G- the, the flying uh, di- Max move gives your team a speed advantage, which is really important. A lot of yeah. people use it for that. But it's also, once again, it's not surprising when you see a flying Pokemon get G- like di- Dynamaxed and they do the same move for their Dracofish to just one-shot people, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of... It, 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 you know what's happening. You know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it's it's the same thing with it. Just basically becomes Mega Evolutions, but now with the t- the t- the actual tiered Pokemon, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So I, I've, I once again I just find that that Gigantamaxing and Dynamaxing are just Mega Evolutions and Z moves combined, but mm-hmm. lacking but somehow the, it's less the than both of them together. I, yeah, you know, what? yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel, right? Yeah. I mean, you can still do some pretty degenerate strategies, like some really strong strategies, rather. Like, uh, yeah. if I'm correctly, day one of Sword and Shield competitive, like there was a Lucario Defiant set, which looks to mm-hmm. pair him up with a Whimsicott full team. Uh, this is like doubles, right? So you um, yeah. j- you Dynamax your Lucario, you then use Beat Up with your uh, Whimsicott to attack your Lucario. <laughs> So he gets, so he gets a bunch of buffs with his defiant, and then uses his uh, fighting G Max, I mean di- Max move, to increase his attack stat. Mm-hmm. And because you you've probably set up a tailwind, you're probably going faster than most people, so then you can just really pull in some pain. Like, don't get me wrong, there's some interesting strategies you can do with with Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing. Yeah. It's just that we feel that in general, that Dynamaxing, Dynamaxing, and Gigantamaxing could have been done with Mega Evolution and Z-Moves in general, right? I find that mm-hmm. Z-Moves are kind of talked down to because they are only appearing in one generation, right? Because you don't see them pass yeah. in one generation. Like, Mega Evolution, I, in my opinion, really got a stand on Sun and Moon, right? A lot of the, mm-hmm. a lot of the Mega Evolutions there were quite compelling, right? To use and yeah. uh, abuse, Right, like in, in like gameplay and otherwise, and a lot of people got some of their favorites in that generation, just to see their mega evolutions. Right, like mm-hmm. although like I can't say that because I got mine. I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure I got mine like in uh, X and Y, <laughs> mega oh. mega Sableye, my guy. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like it, it's just in my opinion kind of sad that we lost these yeah. two interesting mechanics to one that's a kind of lesser amalgamation of the two right yeah i think they're good i think dynamaxing and gigantamaxing are good i just don't see it to surviving past this generation right Uh, none of them have survived for long and when gen 9 comes out we'll have something completely different probably again Mm -hmm. yeah i just i just i want to see mega evolutions and moves come back because they can work without this whole huge pokemon angle but still have you know, good applications in terms of gameplay. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, like, I think I think what we should talk about now, since we're done with the specific mechanic stuff that we want to talk yeah. about. What about luck in Pokemon? <laughs> let's let's talk about RNG. Uh, as we as as okay. as everyone loves. Okay, can I just I play XCOM. You yes. know where I'm going. There's a hundred percent chance to hit. With the sectoid's face. Let's not even beat around the bush here. Okay. That's true. It sucks, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it's about 99%. Second of all. Um, <laughs> no, I, I swear to God, I've gotten 100%, and it just whiffed it. <laughs> I, I'm surprised by that. Gosh. But um... let's talk about some luck, luck, luck in Pokemon, right? <clears throat> so, let's identify some luck in Pokemon in general, right? Uh, the, ob- yeah. the very obvious one which is not really gameplay affecting, is shinies. But if we're talking about gameplay affecting ones, let's talk about accuracy, one-hit KO moves, damage variants, IVs a bit, and then critical hits, mm-hmm. right? 
Do you think that I, I these type of things are healthy for this game? Like, let's start with accuracy, right? Is accuracy Accuracy, good? I kind of like, because it makes those overpowered moves just a little bit weaker. Mm. Though, if they were to remove accuracy, then the only way to balance that would to be either lowering that ability's power, or moves power, or decreasing its amount of, you know, uh, PP. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, an, I'm in agreement with that a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I like I like accuracy. I always like the idea of high risk, high reward. Yeah. Right? And you also have the ability to increase or decrease accuracy. So it, it creates um, a new sort of uh, game mechanic that you can just sort of play around with to try and mm-hmm. either ruin the opponent's chances or increase your own. It's a luck, but you are in control of it. It's not yeah. that bad versus something like Do you need like to gamble? The, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, Flame Blast is a 120 base damage move and will almost melt most grass steel types, right? Yeah. So, are you willing to take an 80% accuracy over a guaranteed 100 Mm. for this damage? And I think that's... Yeah, it's the price you pay for using powerful moves. I Mm. think it's uh, very good for balancing. Things like critical hits, though, I'm not sure I can agree with because you are very rarely in control of that. I think you can put some items on, of course, that increase your critical hit chance. But yeah, no. Uh, critical hits are, uh, if I'm correctly, a 6.25% chance of actually activating. I did a Google search, like, two days ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's that, very... That it's seems fairly higher than I thought it was. Yeah. It's, it's, critical hits are... I find that critical hits will only be fine if certain moves can critical right yeah if, if a move is like oh yeah this move will have like if, if let's say all moves starting from now on in pokemon just no longer had critical hits except for a few couple moves mm-hmm. i think that will make a more healthy design right obviously yeah. you can increase with changes. and depending on what moves you put that on it could make older moves that are just kind of relegated to the corner more competitively viable and mm-hmm. such like, what's it called? Like, critical hits are just, in my opinion, a bit unhealthy and just put things into the side. Like, like you know, you know, you know how friendship works in Pokemon, right? Yes. How you, how when you have a high enough friendship with a Pokemon, they can sometimes it's like, oh, he got a critical hit just for you, or like, oh, he survived mm. that hit just for you. In single player, that is fine. I yeah. love that. It makes me feel like I've made a friend. In a, mm-hmm, in a virtual video Pokemon. game, it's bonding, right? You like, know, they look over their shoulder at the start of the battle and give you a wink. Yeah, like, that whole thing. I, I, I'm gonna punch this Pokemon really hard in the face, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had that with my, um, oh god. What, what is it? Corviknight in the new yeah. game. I had him max out in friendship, and every time I threw him out, he's just like, I'm gonna murder this guy for you. Yeah. I'm gonna um, just tear him to shreds. I think that's completely fine, and in fact, <laughs> I love that. that is the design I think they intend. For single yes, player. absolutely. It is. I love it in the base game. It is adorable, and mm-hmm. it warms my heart to see my Pokemon. Like again, we talked about this earlier. That part of Pokemon's design is, you know, you building that bond with your Pokemon. Yes. And it, it helps with that. But unfortunately, we're here talking about battles, right? <laughs> yes, we're here to talk about actual mechanical design that is good and bad. Yeah, and I think that critical hits should be relegated to the single player only except for specific moves like 
quote unquote lucky punch that mm-hmm. will sometimes crit, right? Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of what I was going on about a return earlier. Uh, I'm not entirely sure friendship values have any place in competitive battling. Well, two things. First, it's happiness value. Second, happiness value. <laughs> yeah, oh, two different values, semantics. by the way. Semantics. <laughs> They're actually two different values. I'll I'll have you know. But, but yes, like, I, I, I don't think that, 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 what's it called, that critical hits should exist as RNG. Do I think flinching should exist? In some cases, I agree as well they should, right? Yeah. Like, well, with flinching, it's exactly what we were talking about, how only certain moves really have it. Exactly, right? Like, air slash is a low chance, mm-hmm. and, uh, fake out is a 100% chance, but you're sacrificing mm-hmm. it for that gar- you're sacrificing a lot of power. It's a 20 base Absolutely. move for that guarantee hit, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's really good. Imagine Knowing what it is on again kind of like um in the way that you said like um what was it? Gigant not gigantic maxing Z moves kind of mm-hmm. make you sacrifice an item slot. It's sacrificing a move slot for a random luck roll. Yeah. When it could be any move, then you're not sacrificing anything. A yes. good game design will have you choose between, you know, what you want in terms of power. That's really what makes good strategy. Mm-hmm. The the sacrifice around what you want. Exactly. I think that that the way that critical hits are handled in general, as a small percentage mm-hmm. chance, just feels bad, right? It doesn't yeah. feel like. Do you feel good as the person playing it? A bit, but by the by the by player psychology, the idea of that you lost because of RNG is far greater than just feeling like you lost, right? Yes, absolutely. Your mind will focus on the losses more than any tangible benefit that you've gained from critical hits, and I think they mm-hmm. should be gone, right? Yeah. Now, as we are in agreement with critical hits, thoughts about on Oko moves or one-hit KO moves? Yeah, I, I'm 50-50 on just Oko's in general, but I think having specific moves that Oko, it, it depends. If they're balanced properly, like, again, for accuracy or the amount of PP they have, um, then that is, again, sort of a cost-benefit sort of situation. You know, you pay the price of putting that move as one of your four that you can use, and you roll the dice on that mm-hmm. to make it work. Okay. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, in terms of, like, moves that one-hit KO as in they're designed to one-hit KO, like, uh, yeah. Fisher, right, as a good example, I think mm-hmm. they're fine in single player, right? Because yeah. it's a, it's a 5pp move to begin with, and it takes up a slot, and its accuracy is 30%, right? Yeah. It's extremely unlikely to hit. Mm-hmm. I just think it shouldn't be, what's the word, it shouldn't be relegated to gym battles you know what i mean or maybe it should be but what i'm trying to say is like it feels like in generation one mm-hmm. giovanni has fisher on his ride on yeah if you're if that is a slog of a battle for you and you're at your last pokemon and you fight against his ride on and he fishers you you feel sad <laughs> <laughs> you feel really sad right mm. like I find that, like, but it's also the right place to put a Fisher move, right? Because it's, yes. it's one of the last battles. So, like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's a difference between having a tough encounter. I think that, yeah. I think that one-hit KO moves are good, 
when you've balanced the level out and the level progression. Because if you're underleveled when you're going to G Giovanni, Fisher can come and slap you in the face, right? Yes, it can and give it, you a nice little wake-up call. Yeah, and I, I think that, that one-hit KOs are fine. And if you think, and also just like just because I I've, I've been talking about competitive a lot, one hit KOs moves are already banned in most competitive in all competitive scenes, right? So like mm -hmm. we don't worry about this. It exists in the game. No one uses it because they're not allowed to. So yeah. it like as I was saying, like it feels bad when it does land, right? Because you know it's just like it had you you lost a lot in RNG just mm -hmm. to die, <laughs> and your opponent rolled really well. I think it's a good move when balanced on the right time, right? Because in, in, in every other JRPG, in almost every other final boss or other bosses in general, right? There is guaranteed a one-hit kill move <laughs> yeah, in, there's always in the game some somewhere. Goal. You know what I mean? Like, there is always that one-hit KO move that has a low percent chance. Like, Persona 5, I believe it's called Hama. One of them, right? Mm -hmm. It's a light-based one. And it's just... Or is the dark one? I forget. It's been a while. Uh, but you just get hit by that, you die. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think I think they're not the most fun designs, but no. they are interesting. They are engaging. They're engaging because as soon as you figure out that oh, that has it, you're then like mm -hmm. okay, I need to start scrambling and re recomp recomp my team, right? Like yes. oh, this is a ground like fissure is a ground type one hit KO move. Throw in your flying type, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, there, there, there is still some strategy behind it. You just, there should be forewarning of it. I feel right. Like Pokemon mm, doesn't doesn't yeah. doesn't do well by showing you like, oh yeah, this person has moves. Except for like Trace that says like, oh, I'm afraid of a move my opponent has, right? Yeah. But, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 hard. It's hard. It, 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 it's just a it's hard good. thing to balance. I think it's fine. I think Oko moves are fine in the terms of actual Oko moves. You were saying something mm. about just moves that one-hit KO in general, though? Like, yeah. Like, let's say, like, a super effective attack just just murders... I, I think what that comes them. down to more so is less the actual battling structure and more the design of the region and the gyms. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I do want to talk about that, but I want to talk about it later. Do you want me to talk about that? Which one do you want to talk about first? Damage variants or IVs? Uh, which, whichever you're feeling, I, I think I have a bit more comprehension of damage variants. Like I said, I don't mess with IVs or EVs. The only competitive I play is random on the ladder on Showdown, so it's all yeah. pre-generated for me. Okay, let's talk about IVs then, considering that you don't have too much knowledge, and we'll talk about damage variants once we uh, get there, right? Considering that you said you know more about it. But IVs are individual values that Pokemon can have. They range mm. from 0 to 31, and each Pokemon will have it for each stat. So HP, attack, defense, uh, special defense, and all that other jazz. Wait, can, right? wait, can I just say something stupid that I thought for the longest time? When people used to tell me about IVs and EVs, they'd always tell me they'd yeah. be EV training, and I thought that literally meant they'd go out and pick fights with EVs. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, technically you can, because EVs do give you a specific effort value stat increase but i find mm. that like evs are more controllable than ivs so it's not necessarily yeah. luck in pokemon but ivs in my opinion kind of make pokemon less like it, okay so ivs were designed as a way to make each pokemon unique 
right? Yes. That was the, the initial value. So when you catch them, that's their sort of starting base stats or whatever, right? Yeah, it, it's actually their multiplier. Mm -hmm. So it's like a growth multiplier. So Pokemon with like Matt with max EV, IVs will ha will guaranteed be a certain amount of stats at the end. But if they have zero in all stats, they'll be significantly worse at level one hundred, right? Uh, yeah. So IVs essentially basically say, hey, we have two Whimsicots here. One's better, one's worse. <laughs> and in terms yeah. of competitive, it's just sort of like, it, like the only reason why you'd ever have less than perfect IVs is for hidden power, right? Mm -hmm. Which is now gone. <laughs> Which is now gone. So kind of yeah. pointless. So, are IVs good anymore? I think no. IVs just, I... just IVs just. I have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. IVs just say like, hey, hey, kid, you see that? Uh, you see that Pokemon you got there? That Pidgey? Yeah, my uh, my Pidgey. I have specifically bred this Pidgey to be the perfect incarnation of its of its man. It is the Ubermensch of Eevee. I'm like, 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 you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just, it, it just, it's hard mm -hmm. to make, it's hard to eat Ivy breed now. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot easier. Yeah. At this point, now that we've basically removed the, in my opinion, the only reason why we should care about Ivy's in hidden power, we should remove Ivy's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If there's see so you don't IV train. Again, I don't know much you about doing IV, train, IV training particularly, or you know, re-rolling to get IVs. Like you, you catch a Pokemon yeah. and then release them. The moment you started saying that, I, I clicked back to watching the Pokemon yeah. anime. How in the fourth gen, the actual antagonist, like <laughs> rival to Ash, was actually a guy who uh, IV like checked yeah, his Pokemon no, like, and just let, tossed let me him in the trash. Um. Yeah, if there if there's no point to like having any variation of those stats, and there's no point mm -hmm. in having those stats if you're not going to get an advantage by having something like hidden power. Yeah, I mean, then what is the point of having the IVs be uh, varying? It, it's kind of interesting to create different, itself, you know, unique Pokemon based off those. Right? But I'd rather have the uniqueness the of that Pokemon itself, be the from item it's holding. something you have else. Your own... You have a lot of creativity in your yes. Pokemon just on it's what, already it is, what moves it has varied, and what yeah. item it's holding, right? That's that's where you can show off your creativity as well as your player expression, mm -hmm. right? And, like, it is your Pokemon. No one's going to say, like, oh, yeah, you have a Metagross? Heh. Well, my Metagross mm -hmm. has slightly different IVs, so mine's mine even more. No one's like that. No one thinks that, oh, yeah, this is my Pokemon because it has slightly better IVs than yours. Yeah. Um, no one thinks like that. Yeah, it just, it just makes the Pokemon better than the other one. Exactly. And when this is about, you know, caring for your creature on some level, being like, oh, this one is a piece of shit, I'm a toss it, doesn't really reflect that nature. Yeah. You know, okay, I've, I've Ivy bred Pokemon since Generation 4, right? You sick bastard. I am. But you know how many... How many infants did you kill, Daniel? <laughs> I would be more worried about the how many Beldums I've destroyed... But, <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say is it, it really sort of, especially in Generation 4, like especially in the early generations, mm -hmm. Ivy breeding is boring. It is really boring. Yeah. It, is, it is basically finding the right Pokemon with the right high enough IVs, and you're just running around at the speed of sound mm -hmm. just to hope for maybe one to hatch with one perfect IV, and then throwing that into the mix, finding another Pokemon with another perfect IV stat, and then doing that again until you get all of the stats to perfect IV. Yeah, it, it, it's very stupid when you put it like that. Yeah, like the 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 
only way to get easily perfect IV stats was to hack them in, right? Mm. And that, and sure, like, I'm proud that I have a near-perfect IV Metagross, except for one stat, right? Like... It only took you 700 hours. It took, it took me two months to get that down. <laughs> like, do, I do mind you, this, was, this, is, this is when I was, like, a lot younger in high school, and I wasn't really uh-huh. good at it, but it took me two months. <laughs> yeah, I remember my friends doing that in uh, high school, too. Yeah. This is, that's the main turnoff of why I never really got into competitive until I started playing Showdown, and why I still don't touch IVs to this day. Exactly, like, it's... it's it, it's not really friendly, like, at all mm-hmm. for newcomers or anyone trying to get into that. Mm-hmm. And even just from, like, a strategy perspective, you just kind of lose outright for no reason. Especially if you form a bond with your Pokemon. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to pay the price for that, and you really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And, like, sure, they did They did introduce, like, some interesting stuff in, like, Sun and Moon and Sword and Shield with, like, golden bottle caps and bottle caps in general. Yeah. Right? They increased the one stat or all the stats to perfect. But, but what I'm trying to say is, like, like I, I don't think... At that point, why don't I just make everyone's stats perfect? <laughs> right? Uh, why even exactly. have IVs? Right? I think that IVs are outdated at this point absolutely it's it's hard i play a lot of strategy games and why wouldn't the you know the pokemon is already so unique and specific in its available moves and such and its typings already and it's uh, different variations uh stats that it will end up with you know some being more defensively heavy some being more attack focused Etc. Etc. Yeah. What What is the point of adding that uh, variation of randomness to it? You know, if you get rid of that, then your Torterra is still going to be the same tier as all the other Torterras, and it will have utility based on all its other factors than just its randomness of stats. Yeah. No. I. It's very unstrategy friendly. Yeah. It. It's. It's just. I find that it had its purpose back in the day, right? Especially mm-hmm. competitive in terms of hidden power, that was very important. Yeah. But now, is it? I don't think so. It's no. We've already have a lot of. We have eight hundred Pokemon, right? We have, we have what four moves and like, who? However many moves we have now for each of them, mm-hmm. and we have how many other items to add to them. We have a lot of player expression and player uniqueness there. At that point. Yeah. Does the ch- does does the chance of you getting perfect IVs off a of Bugwan really matter at that point? Right? No. Like I think IVs are only like in terms of design, I think they're they should be removed from the base games. Yeah. So I find that IVs are more hindering to one of the gameplay loops, which is battling, than anything additive to it. That's it for IVs. Uh, I agree with you, yeah. Let's talk about damage variants. And when I uh, when I you, you lead again. Yes. Okay. So what is that? Da- what I what do I mean by damage variance in terms of RNG? Well, let's talk about how damage is calculating in Pokemon in general, right? So yeah. Everything every every, every move has a base power, as you know. But the thing is, what, what what people don't realize, or sometimes don't realize, is that damage has a low point and a high point. Right? Mm-hmm. Pokemon has a damage calculator, which is like two times level over over five plus two times the power t- times AD 
over 50 plus 2 times the modifier to equal damage. It's a it's 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 an algebra question basically. <laughs> it's <laughs> dear god that more math. Yeah, it's it's a lot of math, right? But mm. there is always there is a high point and a low point for damage and you can have a lot of weird things happen if you don't understand that they, that can happen, right? Uh, a yeah. good example of it happening and a, a fairly simple but understandable explanation was in a Nuzlocke Nuzlocke playthrough that Jaden Animations made, right? She yeah. talks about her Nuzlocke experience doing Ruby and Sapphire, if I'm correctly. And she talks about how one of her Pokemon dies because the, po- the enemy's Crobat had a low roll damage output and then a high roll damage output. So her ability to judge damage was completely mm-hmm. changed because of that. Because she's like, oh, I can survive two hits off, off of this. And then all of a sudden, you get hit by the stronger version just because of a slight increase. And then you get, and you just die. Yeah. Right? Does that need to exist? Thoughts? Uh, not particularly. There are some that are like that, like mm-hmm. uh, magnitude, that kind of makes sense. But you, you understand how magnitude works. Yeah. It's present in the name and the scaling it shows you. But for random attacks that you, you can't really tell, it's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Again, it goes back to that whole idea of, you know, having certain moves, having specific traits to them that are well-known, making those moves more viable and unique versus having certain things just be universal on moves Mm -hmm. because that just kind of ruins the gameplay design. Yeah, no, it's just... It's... it's, Once again, this, this comes up every time I say this. I think it's fine in single player. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought you were gonna when you said that you were gonna start shit talking Vespa Queen again, but okay. Oh, I'd I'd rather not. I I genuinely think that the design of Vespa Queen is fine. It's an interest. <laughs> it's an interesting mon. It is an interesting mon. It's one of the few female exclusive types or like the gender exclusive mm-hmm. types. Yeah, no. I think damage damage variance, the, the slight one, is fine for non-competitive play, right? Like, yeah. it, or at least not in online play. Like, not no PvP. Or anything like that, because let's be honest, that sucks. <laughs> it, 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 it's not much, but if it's if it's, but if it's the edge case, people mm-hmm. still get mad, right? Because because every time you play, right, you're just like, oh, yeah, yes. that's that's a slight change in the move. Sure, it's not gonna come up often, but when it does, <laughs> it's 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 like rolling a one in D and D. When it does happen, it feels bad. It feels really yeah. bad. Right, it's it's one of the it's just that I think it's fine mm-hmm. in single player just because you know keeps you on your toes and also makes you think about the extra RNG in math. But in terms of competitive, can suck. But there is the argument that yes, if you're playing competitive, you should understand that this does happen and you should play around mm-hmm. it. So does it like? I I can't I can't agree with that statement because. There is strategy to unpredictability, but you must know that that unpredictability is inherently predictable. Yeah. Knowing a move can be unpredictable and have variation and changes is in itself a predictability that allows you to build a strategy and an understanding of the combat 
if it can just be any random thing, then that isn't strategy. That ruins any sort of planning and decisiveness on your part. I mean, everyone, like, if you really do know, want to know the exact, mm -hmm. like, numbers of it, a move can do 85% to 100% of its full damage, right, every time it hits. Mm -hmm. So it's not a major thing where it's, like, 40% to 100%. Right. Yeah. So it is like, like for example, the Bulbapedia does put it as the difference between the damage is a difference of for Ice Fang in terms of calculations from a Garchomp, right? 168 health to 196, right? Mm -hmm. Which, understandably, can be huge, right? Yeah. But does that really mean anything, right? Does does mm -hmm. like for example, if you're playing. Uh, my one of my personal favorite games, like a card game, right? Like, mm -hmm. like you have to understand that variance is a thing that you should come in to expect, and that the whole fun, or some of the fun at least, is reducing variance, right? Yes. It's the same thing as like playing with, what's the word? With uh, like a, a flame blast, right? The idea of that you have yeah. a percentage chance to miss is what you're signing up for right so does that mean absolutely does that does the does this variance like this also in the terms of gameplay are you signing up for this and are you fine with this to exist i don't the problem with that is again i don't think you really sign up for that because it's far more generic mm -hmm. than you know an accuracy value is so i i for me it's hard for me to say you know what i mean right because mm. obviously like chance does shake up things right like yeah a boring game can be turned into a good game until by just one percent die roll right or an interesting fight can mm -hmm. like a a, a, a a normal fight can be like turned into dire circumstances just for a storytelling by random dice roll which i think is great for single player for competitive yeah I'm more mild to it. I think it's fine just because it's, it is something you need to, as, as competing, like when you compete, you need to understand it exists and mm. you need to be mindful of it. And you need to understand that, it, that what you can do to fight against it and what you do to take advantage of it. Right. Yeah. And like the whole point is estimation and, and guessing, right? You're not hundred percent sure about almost anything and no one's a true machine. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that in terms of single player, yes, terms of competitive it's fine it's not super game breaking should it still mm -hmm. exist that's up to game freak right yeah that's that's my opinion on that of course so then topic we want to talk about is ivs and evs then or like just evs in general we, we kind of discussed a lot of uh IVs so already. just evs then right okay yeah, yeah so evs effort values basically the training, the actual training part of Pokemon training, right? The, mm -hmm. the determine, how you determine your Pokemon's EVs is based on the Pokemon they fight, and they can increase specific stats. If I remember correctly, a Pidgey will increase your speed effort value by one, right? So you need to mm -hmm. kill or faint a lot of EVs in order to get a perfect, a full maxed out speed stat, right? I said Pidgeys, right? I yeah. I see EVs. I... Yeah, okay. you said Pidgeys. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so... Are they good for the game? Yes. 
that's my opinion straight out like they <laughs> in in terms of in terms of just playing the game they are good i mm. find that if you're playing casually you don't know what you're doing you're just like fighting mons catching releasing doing the gym battles and all that other jazz just the i mm. just even if you don't know they exist it does yeah. in the end still make your own personal unique pokemon in terms of competitive you can be a lot more creative with the EVs mm-hmm. than IVs, right? Because that you determine where to put your effort values in, right? Absolutely. So it's it's a lot more controllable than IVs are, which I think makes it good yes. in terms of again creating a unique Pokemon and even and unlike IV values, where you are inherently you know better or worse with EV values, you can essentially make yourself better Mm -hmm. you know you're not a predetermined fate you make your own thing and when it comes to casual play it is not going to screw you over as much as ivy's will Mm -hmm. like i think i think one of the the best examples would be an anecdote from like me just playing showdown right so i like to run yeah a very specific glass score right it's Mm -hmm. a bulky sweeper Right, so I put max IVs into HP, and then half IV EVs into attack. The only reason why I put half is so I can put the rest, other half into speed. Right, hmm. not because it's oh yeah he's already a sweeper enough. No, it's because I want to outspeed certain Pokemon. Right, so there are a lot of yeah. people who run who who can run Glasgow as tanky. So you just throw in Glyscore EVs into HP and then your choice of defense, mostly defense, like nor- normal defense. But I like to run them as a sweeper with Swords Dance, Knock Off, uh, Swords Dance, Knock Off, Earthquake, and another move depending on whichever. I usually run Roost. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I put, give him Poison Heal and then throw in, give him a Toxic Orb, Right. Yeah. So he is my version of a sweeper, right? He is tanky. He self heals. Yeah. He can't be. He can't be status affected because he's already toxic, right? And his main idea is to get onto a safe Pokemon. So basically, Pokemon is either forced to switch or he can survive a hit off of Swords Dance once and then sweep. And because he's fa- he's mm-hmm. slightly faster than some poke than than some sweepers because of that slight EV boost, he can just get a a killer like earthquake knockoff on people, and those are stab moves, right? Same type yeah. effect bonuses which we haven't talked about, but the the like these type of this choice is mine and mine mine alone. It, like mine and obviously mm-hmm. some people have probably done this this build because no one's you know perfectly creative right and yeah but what i'm trying to say is that this is the way i would design my glide score right yeah i, I agree ev values and all that it, it works a lot better as a concept because it's like specking into a class mm-hmm. of your own choice in like an rpg you know you make the character you choose the abilities that you want to put on that character and go down that line in the tech tree. It's the exact same sort of thing mm-hmm. where you you choose to spec into these uh, options. Yeah, rather than IVs being, this is what you're born with, right? Yes. No one wants to be born a yeah. loser. 
<laughs> yeah, that sucks. Like I am, I'm born a loser. Like it <laughs> sucks. IVs, I think, once again, are outdated, and EVs are, I think, are just mm. creatively fulfilling, as well as absolutely continue pushing the main narrative and the main like expression of mm. the game and the main design focus, which is making a friend and then like. Or Pokemon training, mm. and then just training a Pokemon to become the very best, like no one ever was, right? And mm-hmm. Eevee's push that to be like, this is your Pikachu, this is your strong Scorpion, <laughs> this is this is, <laughs> this is this, you 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 kid Joey, your Caterpie is the very best Caterpie because you Eevee trained him to this specific type, like you know what I mean? Like it, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. fulfilling. It's absolutely that's it. So yeah. yeah, but let me just ask you this: Do you play Pokemon for battling? Right? Do you just play it for battling? Every the story is all well and good, and I like bonding with my Pokemon, seeing the world, mm-hmm. which has been lackluster <laughs> for Full a while. Video. But um, the the problem is, if even if I don't, I I play a lot of strategy games, yes. right? But even if I'm not playing Pokemon for the battling, it is, ironically, the main gameplay loop. Mm-hmm. There's not much else to it other than battling. So even if I'm not going in for the battling, I have to mandatorily do it. It's not like all those little side mini games and all that you can play throughout the different uh, yes. you know, regions. You, you are forced to do this, and if it is not fun and engaging then, you know, I, I'm screwed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I I agree with that. Like, now, since... Now in Gen 8, I'm not super into the battling system. I mean, I love everything yeah. they're trying to do with it, especially by removing a lot of Pokemon, however controversial mm. that, that has been. Like, it's... We're probably in a very healthy competitive scene already, right? Just because of that alone. Yeah. But... I find that Pokemon games now, the main appeal is less about the battles and more mm. about interaction with your Pokemon, right? Like, absolutely. absolutely. They put a lot of effort like, into Pokemon the camps. Pokemon camps are the beefy cousin of Pokemon Emmy, right? And absolutely i re- i played a lot of the Pokemon camp not gonna lie i liked petting the like nose you, of my uh, Corviknight you don't understand the appeal like for those who haven't played Sword and Shield yet, the appeal if you if you already love Pokemon and you're super into Pokemon and the mm-hmm. designs already, there is something wholly cathartic about playing catch. It, it's like one of those Nintendogs, right? <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like Nintendo. It, it, it's a little it's a little pet yeah. simulator, and I I really like it. Yeah, like, but it's a pet simulator with all this like baggage to uh-huh. it. <laughs> Yeah, problem. I find that Pokemon battles, at least like single player Pokemon battles, yawn fest, right? Mm. Like a lot of the like Absolutely. somehow <laughs> I find that po- the Pokemon devs, like Game Freak and all of them, have like they they clearly designed for kids, right? Don't get me wrong. This is this Absolutely. is this is a kids game. But you can design for kids while still maintaining a engaging Exactly. Product. And that's what I find kinda sad. Right, because they have a great mm-hmm. underlying like battle system in the game, but it just doesn't Absolutely. shine. Right, 
there's there are some really cool things. It's just been bogged down with years of garbage. I don't think the new garbage is. I don't like. I don't think the new stuff is garbage, right? It's it's fine, but they don't exploit it to its full potential in terms of battling. Absolutely. Like storyline, they can do whatever they want with it, right? That's easy to change. That's mm-hmm. quote unquote not easy. It's easier to change than battling, but the battling AI yeah. just sort of feels bad, right? There's a lot of yeah, the battling AI. There's a lot of untapped potential, right? For example, mm-hmm. I understand this is probably a controversial statement, but imagine if there was a status gym, like a gym that whose entire like gimmick was status effects. I, you see, this is why I want to hold off on talking about uh, storyline Pokemon battles because I'm about to go off on gyms. What I'm trying to say is, like, why aren't there status effect battles, right? Why aren't mm-hmm. there battles that rely on a specific strategy, like rain strategies, right? Baton pass strategies. Yeah. Like, obvi- like obviously the harder one to do is the baton pass strategy, just because of what happens if your baton mm-hmm. passer gets okoed, right? And yeah. then your entire strategy is down. Like, and that. Well, yeah, that's one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about when discussing uh, story battles and gym battles specifically, mm-hmm. how... You know, they're kind of boring because they're all type-based, yes. and uh, that's just a generic gimmick. But there are other gimmicks in Pokemon, like um, the Ape Gym Leader, yeah. right? It was a double battle gym, which, first off, cool. Yeah. Uh, that, that was one of the few fights in the game I actually found interesting, because the double battles created a sort of unique, um, you know, fight that you haven't had throughout the rest mm-hmm. of the game, even though I'm not entirely... You know, I, I've done double battles before. I played XD. It's only double mm. battles. But on top of that, it was also weather effects, right? You know, you have your sandstorm and you get buffered and all his Pokemon have kind of immunity to different things like hail and yeah. all that. And it, it was very interesting to see that finally exploited. But it was at the very end of the game and it wasn't, again, really fleshed out. There could be so much more of those sort of less type-based battles like that's what always makes that champion sort of an engaging fight and was the only other fight in the game i found interesting mm. because he was not bogged down to just generic i'm going to use fire type oh no you brought in water type kind of you know yeah it's that's it's it's the main issue right in terms of battling in the single player yes. right it's it's it mm. is kind of boring right yeah, I, I say get rid of monotyping gyms. I, I would say, ju- yeah, no, get rid of monotyping gyms and just, like, if you can't change the AI, which I understand can be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we've we all, da- yeah. we, we've had our dabbles with AI before and it, fr- it sucks. It sucks. We're not, we're, we are definitely not AI programmers. <laughs> I, en- I enjoy programming AI. But, but yeah. like, like AI is difficult. But if you can't change AI, change mm-hmm. the stats, right? Give, give like give tougher Pokemon, yeah. or just change up the gym mm-hmm. layout in general, right? Just just yes, a status absolutely. effect gym. I, I I like would be interesting to say the least. A weather effect gym would be interest is interesting, right? Like that's the kind mm-hmm. of stuff that would make battles in terms of single player more interesting and more open towards people getting into more competitively, right? Because they're like, oh, you can do that? Mm-hmm. Wait, why am I losing to this team? Swift Swim? Yeah, what does Swift it... Swim do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it really opens up a lot more to the Pokemon battling because it will showcase uh-huh. those strategies that people use but are not represented by the actual mm-hmm. game itself. It, like, it, like, there is a case against that idea, right? That you do invalidate a couple or many Pokemon because of this, right? Just because, mm-hmm. yes, there are Pokemon who are statistically weaker than others, right? One of my friends enjoys yes. going to Pokemon games and doing a brittle run, right? The idea of having Pokemon mm. whose stat value is, if I remember correctly, 300 and below total stat value, right? So, like, yeah. the idea of increasing the difficulty will, you know, ultimately make the game harder, but I think it's a lot more mm. worth it. Especially because I find that some of the puzzles are gotten a lot easier to do in gyms, right? Because... Yeah. Oh, God. The, the, the pre-fight puzzles in gyms are just... I don't know why they're I, still I there. I think they're fine, to be honest. If they're engaging, right? Like... Yes. That I, is okay. the problem. I have not found one of them an interesting puzzle in, okay. in forever. I found that the Kabu fight, the, the, the fire gym in Generation 8, the, uh, the one in Sword and Shield, was interesting just because you had to fight with someone else to kill one Pokemon, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, you had catch, to catch or faint right? them, right? You had an interesting choice there. If the AI for, mm-hmm. that fi- for, the, for your partners were a lot harder, it'd be a lot more interesting, right? But like, yeah. I think that was interesting. What, what, what? However, there were some people who I know who played through the game who, instead of just like, oh, trying to compete with them, just killed the opponent. <laughs> they just took their Pokemon. <laughs> like, can I target them? Oh, I can target them. Slap them in the face. <laughs> if they mm. removed that aspect to it, then the I think the fight would have been a lot more interesting. Just because like it is, oh, a risk reward. Yeah. Do you want to throw your Pokeball now and not attack to maybe get the Pokemon to get extra points or? Do I feign it to force him to not get any points guaranteed? That, I think, is an interesting puzzle mm-hmm. you could create for the player instead. But, like, Nessa's water puzzle, yeah. boring. The Wulu puzzle, it was walk in the park, Absolutely. literally. <laughs> but, like, yeah. like if, if you have a good puzzle, it can make a gem completely memorable. To this day, I am stuck in Snow Peak. <laughs> oh, God, are you talking Generation Gen 4? The ice... Gen 4... Ice type, Snow Peak, gym. Oh, I I actually is... really love the Snow Peak gym. Just sliding around that puzzle was fantastic. Yeah, that's that puzzle was an engaging and good puzzle. Mm-hmm. It was literally a puzzle, and I think you can have like less interesting fights if you can have puzzles like that. Yes, right? absolutely. A gym a gym whose theme matches as well as a good puzzle can just. Like in my, like as I was just saying, I'm still there. <laughs> like whenever I think of Pokemon, that is one of the gyms I think about first, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't even remember most gyms' names. <laughs> Neither do I, to be honest. Right, but I can tell you Snow Snowpeak, and it's like it's everything about it, leading up to that gym, mm-hmm. and even just going there. I also remember interesting uh, Pressure Wakes gym. Because he had to vary the water level, and then the platforms would rise and fall, yeah. and it created a very interesting thing of like, oh, I need to get this platform up, I need to get this platform down to go there. How do I do this? Yes, I think the best way to describe like what like what the gym, at least in what I want from mm. a gym, 
is I want a gym to feel like I'm playing a Zelda dungeon. Absolutely. I, I think what benefited right? those older games, though, was that the gym was far more compact because of the art style. You could see the entirety yes, yes. of the puzzle at once versus you know, like Nessa's gym where I have to walk around slowly because a lot of it is off screen and I got to get it into the frame. Mm -hmm. Seeing a puzzle as one big object makes a puzzle more impactful. Exactly, right? Like, obviously they can, I'm not sure, they can change change that, simply pulling the camera back mm -hmm. and allowing you to see more of the area, yeah. right? But will they do yeah. that? Who knows, right? I don't know. For all we know, someone can change and higher up in, in Game Freak and just say, hey, for this gym, let's pull the pa camera back. Mm -hmm. it's, it's as simple as pulling the camera back and making the play space larger and texturing the areas outside of the wall so you can be like, you know, just nothing there. Yeah. Right? Or rather, have the texture just be a black plane, mm -hmm. you know? But I think that battles are not the main point, Pokemon. Not anymore. There's a lot more. Not anymore. Pokemon Pokemon is not it, it also seems Pokemon also seems to think it's about the story which uh no it's not well can, no, okay Pokemon don't, don't is, encourage them I, I, I can't I can't help me because it's what they want mm, it is right? what they want <laughs> so like even if if we even if we don't agree that the story is the best which it in my opinion really isn't I enjoy Gen <laughs> 5 story a lot I I absolutely hate Gen 6, I despise everything about it. I, it, Really? It is the game that bores me the most and annoys me the most. Okay, okay. I, I can understand that, right? Like Especially with it's... it being the jump to 3D. I was so excited for it, and it was... I did not like it at all. I, I skipped mm. Oraz. I didn't mind Sun and Moon. I actually rather quite liked that, because they fixed a lot of Sun and Moon... my issues Sun I Sun and Moon's good. But, uh... So I, I, I find that the best Pokemon stories are never about the end of the world. Absolutely. Right? Like, sure, Pokemon Sun and Moon talks about, uh, spoilers, uh, intergalactic travel. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, God. interdimensional beings invading the planet. I was always planet, so much but it was more never like, about interested in Team Skull than I was, like, the Life Foundation or whatever they were called, right? I agree, right? Like, it's... Aether Foundation. Yeah, first of all. yeah the all. Life Foundation is uh, from Venom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, no, like it's more interesting when it's just a personal story. Absolutely, yeah. right? I guess we could, I guess we should just continue yeah. on. But like, like a more a more interesting story in general, mm -hmm. right? Is just is is just personal ones, right? Absolutely. Do you do you remember do you remember silver and gold? Yes. Right? Do you remember? Do you remember the Celebi uh, event, mm -hmm. where it, it gave your rival actual, you know, story. <laughs> you know how interested that is. That is interesting. Yeah. That is. Oh God! Right? Uh, uh, po events in Pokemon have just completely been ignored for years. You know, remember yeah. all of them in like I mean, in, uh, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum? How they were all like their own additional story add-ons. That was fantastic. Oh my gosh. The best one, my opinion, Dark, Dark Rise. Rise was good. Dark Rise was great. Oh man, it was it was it was like adding to something mm -hmm. that you didn't you knew something was up because it was in that one city with the only door with a lock. Yes, 
right? And for reference, that doesn't really happen in Pokemon, where you're, where a door is inaccessible. Mm. Any door is and pretty much always open one. for you to go into. You know, yeah. you just kick open the door like, and walk in someone's house, steal their food. That's how it goes. Yeah, if 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 the designers never wanted you to go into a building, mm-hmm. they didn't give you a door. Yes. <laughs> right. It it so when you find a door in that in that one city mm-hmm. that had a lock, you knew something yeah. was up. And when they released it, and like obviously at that point, a lot of people already knew that Darkrai existed. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything about that was yeah. nice. It was good. Events. Great. They, were, they felt so much more organic again with the story building. And there were other ones like the different uh, Reggie events that showed up in Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. But then mm-hmm. those were also to get... It, it wasn't explicitly Reggie Gigas. The worst Pokemon in the game. it was to get Reggie Gigas. <laughs> yeah. That's why they like, had it in there. Yeah, the, the, the worst Pokemon in the game. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, I oh wish they gosh. did do I... the Arceus event because that was a cool one, but I had to hack it in with an uh, action replay. I did do the yeah, event. Yeah, no, but, same. Uh, you had to do it because if I remember correctly, you had to get the Aeon flute yes, and then it was like never at uh, at the peak, yeah. right? Peak of the mountain. You played it, and then like magical stairs showed you up, literally... leading you to God. <laughs> Arceus got shafted because it is literally the God Pokemon, but you've never had like an intense experience of it except through that event, which not a lot of people mm-hmm. played because you couldn't play it unless it was hacked in. <laughs> Uh, did they not do the one for Hard Gold Soul Silver? Uh, oh, uh, oh no, you had to have RCS for that yeah. event. Sorry, it was uh, the one where you can get one of the three yeah. uh, legendaries from Diamond and Pearl. at the uh, Relic Place, right? The runes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you I teleported that. there, and then like a weird triangle, mm-hmm. and then you th- your RCS walk there and be like, "Yo, Yo. take watch this," mm-hmm. and like. Did a sick kick flip and summon Garantina. <laughs> yeah, it was cool stuff like that, man. Uh, in Gen yeah, like those... 6, they tried to do that, apparently. You know how you said, like, any yeah. locked door, you know, is usually something designed for later, because in Pokemon, if it's a door, you walk through it. Um, yeah. The power plant in Gen 6 was meant for, like, Volcanion or whatever. Not... Yeah, Volcarona. Yeah, Volcarona. But they never put the actual event into the game. Instead, they just handed it out as a mystery gift, and that was it. I mean, it sucks that there was con- con- content, yeah. but what can you do? Game development's mm-hmm. hard. But the issue I have with that is instead of correcting that later for that, you know, they cut that content, but they didn't have to keep cutting the content is my issue with it. <laughs> they saw that yeah. no one really cared because they cared. still got the Pokemon. So they went, oh, yeah. let's just always hand out Pokemon from now on. And it's really sad. Mm. Like, uh, remember the Zorark, the Zora and Zorark event in Gen 5? That was fantastic. And then Gen 6, like, the next gen, instead of having it as this rare pseudo-legendary Pokemon, you can just catch them all in a forest. I mean, yeah, I can feel that. I think I think they should have, if they wanted to, have Zorark as a no- normal random spawn. It should have been less than 1%. Mm. And not show up as a as a as Zoroark or Zora. It should have showed up as like one of the other Pokemon. Yeah, kind of like uh, right? it, it was transformed. Yeah, it was transformed, hiding in plain mm-hmm. sight, that would and be, then that like would be really cool. I would have liked that. That would be super fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, obvi- obviously, it should attack to break mm-hmm. it to break the illusion, yeah. right? Obviously, but 
it also gives incentive to be like to catch every single thing in an area for Zora's or, or Zorark, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, hundred like completionists will be annoyed, yeah. right? Because <laughs> imagine having to just walk around and just being like, oh. Is this is this Zora? <laughs> Wait, it's a turn. No, it's no, not. It's Goodbye. Not. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it it would be annoying for that, but it would be a good in in game universe mm. explanation as well as just a fun way to find it as a casual player. Absolutely. Right. You know how cool it'd be like yeah, to there's be a like, lot of, like oh, yeah, in-universe stuff that they could really play around with better. Mm-hmm. Like you know, mad cargo instantly killing oh, you upon sight. Yeah, it just melts you. <laughs> Just, just melt immediately. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, like, there, there is, there is a lot of stuff they could have done with, with, mm-hmm. with that. That could make it interesting. Uh, did you want to talk about but, HMs? Uh, HMs, yes, I did want to talk about HMs, just because HMs were interesting, at least early mm. on. I, I, I didn't like having HM slaves. I do like what they did in, uh, like X and Y and Sun and Moon and all. That. No, it, they didn't do it in X and Y. And just in Sun and Moon, pretty much. Where they tried to yeah. get rid of it. In Sword and Shield, they just have none of it at all. Like, there is... I, I guess aside from getting the upgrade on your bike to go in the water, there, there really yeah, and, is... and the flying. Yeah, and the flying unlock. There really is no, like, um, traversal puzzles, you know? There's no gated-off areas, you know? Going through what what is it in um, Diamond Prom Platinum Mount Cornet is it is what it's called right? Yeah. Going in there and seeing that there's areas further beyond that you can't access until later in the game and all these items hidden around. It, it was really interesting and eventually you know you get strong enough you beat the gym you unlock the ability to use you know rock climb you go back and you get that item that you've been eyeballing for like uh, a week yeah. right. You know, it, it, it's it's fun. I, I, I'm in a whole agreement that it is fun to get an HM. Is it fun to use an HM? It's another thing, right? It, okay, let me let me let me explain myself. Yeah, yeah. So I find that HMs in generation one to four mm-hmm. were interesting. Yes. Right. Hell, maybe even just to three or even two. <laughs> generation really two. Just regressing. Because, yeah, no, because because there is okay. Let me let me continue yeah, explaining. Yeah. But HMs were in t- in terms of the history history of all JRPGs, an interesting way of introducing moves that affected the mm. world. Right? Let's take early Dragon Quest for example. Right? What was what? There were almost no moves that could be used on overworld. Mm-hmm. Right? The only move, the only moves that really worked were heal. Right? Yeah. Just healing, and that's cool. Right? Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Was it cool or interesting? Not really. Yeah. Right? HMs were a way of introducing moves that actually affected the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Cut. Cut down trees. Rock climb. Climbed rocks. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, they <laughs> but, weren't the most uh, innovative is, like, names. Uh, you know, they weren't, rock They weren't smash. innovative names. Right? No. Yeah. What they do? Push rock. No. Yeah. They ro- sm- smash rocks, rocks. Right? Like, yeah. Rock smash. Right? But... In terms of actually battling, which in my opinion was more visceral and yeah, more it was a far better focus in the in earlier generations. Game, yeah. yeah, like it became a lot harder to just include them because Rock Smash is important, but it is one of the, if not the, 
weakest move, or at least the most iconic weak move. Yes, right? absolutely. You have to pay the price to have progression. It and HMs can be forgotten, right? They yeah. couldn't be replaced unless you went to a specific person to forget mm-hmm. them, right? And that made it super hard to be like, hey, I like my main Swampert, or I like my main Charizard, yeah. right? I can't give them this specific HM, or else they lose out on, on strength, mm-hmm. right? Like, in ter- like when I say strength, not the HM, I mean, like, an actual, like, combat power. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, sure. Like, the only, like, argument of an HM being good on a Pokemon is Surf. Yeah, Surf's good. Right? Waterfall It's a very decent. useful move. Waterfall was decent, but you couldn't, you still couldn't really argue its use, yeah. right? So what usually happened in a lot of these earlier generations was that there was one Pokemon that held all of your HMs, the or at HM least most of them, right? Classic. Yes, right? Yeah, classic. <laughs> but did you really want to have a Pokemon friend in your team that wasn't really a friend? Not really. No, I, I always it? hated carrying no. that around. Which yeah, is why like, I started doing what you four. said, like putting HMs on my main team, but then I'm lowering the strength of my main team, but just so I could fill exactly. up a slot of a Pokemon I actually cared about rather than one just being a jockey for, you know, traversing around. Mm-hmm. I find that HMs, at least in their early stages, Generation 1, 2 to 3 maybe, mm-hmm. they were novel. They are super yeah. novel, right? They are moves that interact with the world. Do I think they're good? No. no. They're not healthy. If, if you could forget them on the spot and then relearn them because they mm-hmm. didn't expire, that'd be fine, right? Yeah. Obviously, you do have the possibility of getting your opponent, yourself stuck in the wrong place, like on an island mm-hmm. or in a cave or whatever, but you have ways to get off of that still. Yeah. For example, if you're in a cave and escape rope, and I was discussing earlier with Ethan that if you get stuck anywhere, why not just, you know introduce more lore right mm-hmm. have it so that pokemon rangers the rescue team Yo, of the pokemon, pokemon series rangers. and universe yeah like just have them save you as a player do it for free because they are a charitable they're supposedly charitable at least mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah. like like have something like that for like you can you can still have hms right but you can just relegate them to be a normal move yeah. with an unbreakable tm mm-hmm. right and we'll talk about TM. I think we should talk about TMs a bit, a bit as well. But like, yeah. Well, we we also HMs... discussed um, you know alternatives to HMs like the ride Pokemon. In theory, yeah, that was ride cool. Pokemon, I think, but it it, yeah. they, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Frankly. I it feels kind of like you're just calling yeah a special move to, or a special amount. It, it never felt cool. Like, when you use cut, it was always your Pokemon using cut. You just call someone else's yeah. guy to come over and chop a tree for you. It, it, yeah. it stinks. I want to use my it's, Pokemon. It, yeah, exactly. It should be your Pokemon mm-hmm. that should be the ones, you know, helping you out. I think the, like, one of the more interesting ones, even though I didn't fully enjoy the game, was Pokemon Let's Go. Right, where your Eevee or Pikachu would learn your HMs, but they wouldn't take a slot. Yes. Right? I think that's fine. But at that point, right, it's it, they can't guarantee that you have one Pokemon with you at all times. Mm. Right? Which is, sure, annoying design-wise, but I find that if you can just sort of give your Pokemon the moves, yeah. or just, hey, this is a hidden technique. All my Pokemon know it now. Mm. Right? 
that's that's yeah i i fine. we were talking about it earlier i suggested that either instead of having it as like a move you actually have to learn it should be just something you unlock mm -hmm. based and then based on your pokemon's type or what pokemon they are or any type of moves that they have on them you could then interact with the mm -hmm. world in that way you know why have rock smash break rocks you know you got brick break karate chop uh low sweep Cross, cross, slash, cross right? slash. I don't think legs. Imagine just leg sweeping a rock and breaking it. Damn, that is a, that is a sweep of a leg. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, no. Like I, I find the idea of locking off the world mm -hmm. to one specific move to be unhealthy, and I do agree that like maybe they should expand the way that yeah. you can interact with the world. I, I do, do like mounts. the interaction uh, between your Pokemon and the world. It's very good for creating sort of like a bit of an organic kind of gameplay to that, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and it adds into that sort of uh, puzzle-solving, backtracking sort of traversal that is lacking in um, Sword and Shield. New games, yeah. You know, you can't really go back to the different eras. Instead, they just kind of got a guy standing in your way being like, hey, I'm not letting you through here right now. It, it just comes off less, like, organic and natural because the path is blocked off by, like, uh, overgrown yeah. trees and woods or like rocks have fallen from the cliffs or in a cave and so it's just a guy standing there saying you can't go this way it it's a yeah. lot more boring. just just fly over him yeah ex exactly just fly over yeah. him yeah you have you have a you have a taxi right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what am i paying him for man well yeah exactly like but yeah no it, it's just at least with with traversal HMs were a good idea in concept, mm -hmm. but in terms of execution, Terrible. they could have they could have oh, done a lot absolutely. better, right? It would be more interesting than like specific types. As soon as you learn the technique, mm -hmm. right, it'll open up. Oh yeah, fighting types can always break rocks, yeah. right? And then like fly, all flying types can fly, yeah. right? All flying and dragon. I should I should make no wait maybe not no, all dragon, dragon but you know what I mean mm -hmm. yeah yeah it, maybe it should because... be less decided based on the types and more based on the individual Pokemon themselves. That sounds like a lot of extra overhead. I suppose, but you'd think it'd just be like a Bloomian. Yeah, but then you have to take then you have to add for each Pokemon an HM model. I guess I already do have that. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it wouldn't be too much more to be honest. Yeah, maybe 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 you're right. Maybe it wouldn't be too much more to ask. Because yeah. you'd be yeah. removing a lot of stuff to put that in anyway. So mm -hmm. you're removing the actual move itself, and then you're actually adding. You're removing that in. move, and you're removing, or rather, instead of just removing, you're replacing that move with just knowing uh, that the Pokemon can have this effect on the world. And mm -hmm. in addition, it like, would add a lot more like yeah. sort of unique effects that your Pokemon could do. Imagine having more world uh, interacting abilities like oh your ghost types can uh, float through walls in this section or something like that and you could create some really interesting puzzles and concepts with that yeah only your ghost types can take you to the nether realm mm -hmm. you know, go yeah. into your uh, dust north stomach and uh, go to hell you're like yeah no just <laughs> grab onto the tails of your Drifloon mm -hmm. and just float on by <laughs> just well, we all, there's we a lot of weird do. fucking Pokemon entries, like the Drifloon one, where just kids drift away with them. Most of the weird ones, let's be honest, are ghost types, and that's why they're my favorite. Yeah. But <laughs> there's a lot of weird ghost type and psychic type ones. Yeah. Yeah, like how uh, Drowsy can just steal your ch children, I believe. Yep. 
Yeah. Or like hypno hypnotizes them, mm-hmm. and walks away, never to be seen. Uh, anything else to talk about? Um, uh, I guess we'll just touch on this last topic and then we'll end it off here. Like, do attack animations make Pokemon battles? Absolutely, in my opinion. I am in agreement, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because the whole like every generation yeah. from generation one has been. Not necessarily increasing the, the, the way you play the battles, but increasing the, like, making the imagination of what's happening less and less needed, mm-hmm. right? Like, let's, let's, let's take Generation 1's flamethrower, right? Yeah. It's just a line of, like, flame textures, mm-hmm. right? Just very simple. Flying around, then you take damage. Now, it is a full plume of, like, flamethrower. It's not, like, individual sprites. It's an actual stream going out and hitting your opponent and that's a lot more interesting absolutely right i think that i think that a lot of the uh more unique ones like earthquake and fly just make it a lot easier to be like Mm -hmm. hey this is my pokemon doing it that's kind of cool yeah it's cool to see your pokemon like showing off their powers and like we said before it's less about the battling at this point and more about the bond between you and your pokemon and sort of mm-hmm. the, all the visual aspects that come with that, you know. You can't bond yeah. with your Pokemon if it feels like a lifeless hunk, you know, using Tail Whip and it just pivots on the spot. <laughs> yeah, now that's what I want to talk about. Specifically, the models of Pokemon are kind of lacking. The effects on the actual moves, like Earthquake, the, the Flame effects Thorn, Flame Blast, whatever, are there. Are fine. The models are decent. The animations are what's terrible. <laughs> It... Yeah, the animation on the model specifically. Mm, absolutely. Right? So let's take Tail Whip, for example, as you said. All that Tail Whip does is it takes the Pokemon, flips them 180 on, on the Z axis, if I remember correctly, mm. and then just an animation of a tail waggle and then flip back. Like, it's not selling, no. right? And, like, with any, re- like, in wrestling, the whole, like, everything's fake in wrestling, mm-hmm. right? The whole it's all part about, about the wrestling, the sell. It's all about selling yes, it, absolutely. right? Pokemon don't, like, the actual models and animations yeah, don't sell XD a lot of these This is why XD was my favorite Pokemon game, and why I played it so much, because there's impact to a punch in that game. If you strike yeah. a Pokemon with an attack, they will, like, flinch Fall in over. damage. They will hurt. It's a little, you know, over the top sometimes with some of the ways these Pokemon get hit, and you don't really want to see yeah. that, because it's abusive, but it, it does make Kids. it a living, breathing world. And when mm-hmm. you're trying to sell your game based off, you know, interaction with your Pokemon, and them feeling like a lifelike entity, I'm not going to pay, like, what is it, $10 for whatever the new iteration of Pokemon Bank is, Pokemon Home, to trade in a yeah. Pokemon that I'm supposed to care about and feel is, you know... Uh, personally attached to me and is alive, but it does not look like it at all, right? Why would I get invested mm. in it? Exactly. I, I feel like, if anything, there shouldn't be that much recoil animation, like the Pokemon getting mm. hit. They should really sell the attack animation, yes. though. They right? gotta sell the attack. Absolutely. Because, yeah, it's true that the that you can come off as abusive to, to mm-hmm. Pokemon if they look like they're yeah. in actual literal pain, mm. right? 
but once again, we're dealing with digital animals here. Yeah. And second of all, we're <laughs> we're 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 trying to sell off the the power and the mm-hmm. coordination. You, of you do the need the recall because right? just seeing the you know uninterrupted idle animation of my the enemy's Pokemon really does not sell get them getting hit by like a focus blast. You know, if anything, they could if if they really like once again eight hundred Pokemon. But mm-hmm. <laughs> if they really wanted to like. Like if if they once again do another like, as people have been calling it, Dexit, yeah. like reduction in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Reduce the numbers, and then give them give like let's say two hundred Pokemon, yeah. each of them two recoil animations, mm-hmm. one for weak, one for strong. Yes, absolutely. Th- here's the thing about Dexit term- again, like I, it's always sad that you know you're gonna lose this Pokemon, but there's too many. And by decreasing that amount that's in that individual game, you have more purpose to buying the next game. And not only that, but uh, you can balance the current game better and, you know, put more effort into things that need it. We got that. Mm -hmm. They did that, but they didn't put in the time and the effort to balance the game, nor did they put in the time and the effort to polish the game, even though they cut so much content still. Which... Yeah. Is why people don't want to see that in the future. But if they were willing to put in that sort of balance of give and take, then it is really mm-hmm. good in concept for that to happen. I, I find that if they decided to cut more Pokemon, yeah. it, they should always, they should, if anything, cut down to 150, right? And then add only 50 Pokemon if they really mm-hmm. wanted to, right? Like cut down to generation one numbers, yeah, one hundred fifty-one current resources, and then you put in like fifty right? extra as yeah. the DLC. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, not like just add that, and then push in more personality to the ones that you chose. Absolutely, right? You know, go go Monster Hunter. Right? Like Monster Hunter has a lot of monsters, and each generation they put in a few, but then you pay the DLC to add in the other ones, and it. Gives them the time and effort to really redesign and revamp and build up each individual monster, mm-hmm. and you know give it personality. And like, like what they could do is just actually you know what? let let's let's uh let's 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 let me throw you an idea uh-huh. here, right? So let's take let's say we make a generation one remake, uh, right? We in just the did new that. current let's system. Let's not talk about <laughs> that. <laughs> But let's say you make a remake of Generation One mm-hmm. with all all 151, and then do the upgraded animations for them. Yeah. Right. Every year to that one game, to that remake, let's say you add a paid DLC to introduce the next generation of Pokemon, mm-hmm. and then just keep on doing that until it catches up, and then at that point you'll have paid off the cost of making the animations through one game. Yeah. And then have the ability to reuse them for the next one, mm-hmm. right? That's 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 what I was thinking, right? Yeah. So then you can still play the game. You'll have booted up, and there'll be a reason. Because let's be honest, we have a lot of Gen One people. Yeah, there's a lot of people who love Gen One. Is... Yeah, and they will pay for something like that, mm-hmm. right? I would pay for something like that, even though I'm not yeah. necessarily a Gen One player, right? Because mm-hmm. effort, like I'll, I'm, I love the game. I love the series. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'll. Be happy to literally play the game for that, and I'd probably pay for DLC just to yeah, see. Yeah, I, I hey. prefer paying for DLC than getting a whole new game. Yeah, I, I like, like, I'd, I like I'd that change. I would pay DLC for that, right? Like, 
just so then they can introduce this mm-hmm. increased model and action sets to make it more believable. Absolutely. And as well as to give your per- your Pokemon and the Pokemon mm-hmm. in general something more punchy, right? Yeah. Something more feeling like they're alive and not just a sad Sobble looking at me with dead eyes. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no. Like, like that that's just night. Yeah. Right? And I think we're going to end it off yeah, here. We're I agree. almost pushing the two hour mark. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Any last words before we uh, end this? This has been Raphael. Uh, this has been Ethan. We are both uh, game designers. And, yeah, no. And uh, yeah, this has been the work in progress name, t- untitled game design podcast. 